Welcome back to another episode of the More Love podcast with Helen Reynolds. Today's guest is a very interesting man, Rob Foster from Discovering Insight, and he does family and systemic constellation work. For this conversation, we'll get to explain what that is. It's quite sort of mystifying, but wonderfully releasing. So Rob did a session with me uh, just a couple of days ago, and it was the best way of explaining the work. Thank you very much, Rob. And welcome. I forgot to say welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. It's uh, it's great to be here, and yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to connect with you and with anyone that's listening. Yes, and connect, you're very good at. So oh, thank you. We, um, Rob was able to help me explore some of the patterns that have gone on in my family for four generations, I think. Um, yeah. So um, it's quite an interesting little story that I'm comfortable to share. Rob, do you mind if I share before we, before we yeah, start please, on your please. story? That's a great idea. Fantastic idea. So I've spent a lot of time in recent years caring for my father's mother, my grandma. And uh, she lost a brother when he was just 13 years old in a horse riding mustering accident in the centre of Queensland. So my gran would have been about 15 years old when she lost her brother. And I've always maintained that her mother, my great-grandmother, didn't ever recover from the loss of her son and and that's why there's a a sort of a pattern of depression in our family. Anyhow, Rob was able to dig in a little deeper and discover the patterns and the way that the, the grief of the loss of that son hadn't been dealt with in the family and the way that it had been passed through the family line all the way down to me, which was wonderfully releasing as well as extremely explanatory about why various family members have done or experienced the things that they've experienced. So it was a, I was going to say it was a really, really wonderful experience, but it was also very easy and... Um, wasn't an exploration of trauma in any way. It was an exploration of um, linkages and patterns, really. Is that is that um, quite... Yeah. Yeah. You, Absolutely. You know, I think in many ways, you know, the way that we exist or the, the way who we are as humans and how we walk around the planet is that we are so connected to our families of origin and, you know, this is for many reasons, but one of the main core reasons that we work with is this deep need to belong, you know, and as a little, little baby, as we're born and we come out and we have mum and dad, you know, through this belonging, this deep need to belong, that's how we get love, you know, and if we don't get love, we, we die. So, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. Like we'll carry whatever we need to carry out of love for our parents and out of the need for connection with joy. We would do that, you know, and it's within like an entanglement that we would do that out of this need to belong. So there's, 
these sorts of things are, uh, are happening and they're unconscious in our family system. Mm. But, you know, I really, I really sort of got into this work, I suppose, um, many years ago. I've sort of been studying and, and been on the spiritual path, I suppose, for, for 25, 30 years. And, you know, my, my life really has been, and I still, I still work uh, as a builder at times doing, building our own projects, but it was an engineer. I had an engineering company. Uh, we were doing large projects around the place and there was, I sort of felt within myself that there, I was driven by something that was seemed like it was sort of outside myself. Like I couldn't really explain the, mm. the pressure that I would put on myself and where that came from, you know, and ultimately I think, you know, there was like, you know, overwhelm and I experienced, you know, times of like, it could call it a nervous breakdown, you know, and just through the amount of work and the pressure that I put on myself, you know, and everyone has different manifestations of these things in their lives. Definitely. And so that sort of, yeah, that sort of set me off on this journey, you know, this journey to really, to find out deeper who I am, you know, I think that this, this breakdown, this nervous breakdown that, that, you know, that I was going through, it was actually later on, I realized it was probably one of the greatest opportunities in my life, you know, to, to get an opportunity to change some of the patterning or to see something different, you know, so that, uh, you know, it's, it's my teacher's, that I that I met and that I reached out to at, that, at those difficult times, and you know the the information. Like I remember Eckhart Tolle was an amazing. The Power of Now was a book that I read, and you know everyone has their own path on how they work through these things. But um, you know I, I think this this awakening experience that I I went through, it was sort of a doorway to wanting to contribute to others in a, in a deep way with this sort of work, which led me to nonviolent communication and or empathic communication and family systemic constellations work. So, yeah. Do you ever experience a sort of a specific event that triggered the awakening? You know, some people have very clear note experiences and then there are other people, uh, and I sort of, um, fit into the other description a little better you know lots of little awakenings over yeah. time but n- I've I haven't personally had a, a really major awakening yeah. in one single event yeah that's beautiful actually it's it's interesting you mentioned that because there is two distinctions this way you know there's people that will just have this big awakening and the, the ego drops away substantially. And then there's others where it accumulates slowly, you know, and in both cases, everyone has to dance with the ego sort of, I find, becoming stronger again, you know, and trying to, you know, put its hold back on our life and get some structure on our life to get safety or whatever these things, these unmet needs are that are deep inside us. But I can remember back to, you know, I've, had, I've probably had a mixture of both. You know, I've had some awakenings that are quite, you know, profound to me in my journey. And I've also, you know, it's also been a slow burn, especially with the, some of the study I've been doing over the last 10, 15 years. 
it's been a, an, a gradual awakening, you know, to the potential that we've got inside ourselves. So, Tell us more. But I can re- yeah, so I can remember, I think, after this, this sort of nervous breakdown, which was probably a huge change in my life and, and the, like built, putting some building blocks within my life again, you know, connecting with some great teachers and, and, and really sort of getting some, a different sort of stability within my life and learning to put boundaries, clear boundaries, and that I could have them around these areas of my life that were just, you know, free for all to some degree, you know, unconsciously entangled with my family of origin. I sort of, my, one of the relationships that I was in, um, my previous marriage before we, we actually parted ways, we ended up going to a workshop, which was a three day workshop. And it was, I'm pretty sure they were using some gestalt therapy and a few other things. And, and which I'm all, I also use this in, in what I, what I do. And, you know, it's, it looked really for me, what, what was a great thing for me at that weekend was I never really realized how deep down the break in the bond was between me and my mum. And, you know, everyone's got different, different things that they, they work with. It can be with father. It can be traumatic events, the loss of a child, whatever that is. But, but for me, I can remember there was 15 people in this workshop and I was just sitting there sort of nervously waiting my turn. And when it came to being my turn, I was up there and I just wanted to be, you know, brutally honest. You know, courage is the main thing. And I looked up on the board in front of where I was standing to do this piece of work and there was this little boy that was standing on there with like a a baseball bat playing out in the field and he just was fearless, you know, and it had courage written on over the top of him and and I thought, wow, it was just striking one of those things, especially in a in a situation like this, you know, I just was drawing drawing on my courage to just show up and be honest. And so, you know, I really I went back and I touched on this moment in my life that was sort of invisible to me throughout my life and and just the the deep sadness I think and the grief that was locked in there that was released when I touched on that and I could see that that hurt was there which is obvious which was totally my mother wouldn't know nothing about that you know it's just for her it was irrelevant but for me it was uh it was that moment where there was a break break in the bond you know and and I was sitting back after this whole process and all the tears and everything that was going on and the whole, you know the the whole veil sort of starts to lift I was sitting back in my chair and I was just drawing on my book just with a pencil just sort of scribing on the back of the book and I thought oh, I'll just try and draw this little boy that's there you know and I'll and so I was just sort of had the side of the pencil and I was just sort of scribing it across, you know, and it, it looked actually nothing like it <laughs> at all. And I thought, I'll just give up on this, you know. It's like, this doesn't look like it's anything at all, you know. And uh, and one page over in the book, it had like a carbon piece of paper in there. And 
the facilitator said, okay, because they finished the, they finished the day, and they said, okay, so there's some questions to answer on the next page. And they said, what is it that you're going to take away with you from, from this weekend, you know? And I thought, oh, I you know, went into all my head stuff and, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to take away with me. And, and then I flipped over the page past the carbon page that was in there and here was a mirror image of that boy that was up on the wall and it was identical, identical to it. I could not believe it. And so I wrote underneath my that question, I'm taking home that little boy and me. And, uh, you know, these are the moments in our life, I think, that are really that paving that way to a to an open more of an open heart and open compassion for ourselves and others you know mm. uh, just out of curiosity is was your mum alive or is she still alive at the time she's alive. oh yeah yeah she's alive so I, I did that work down there and um and you know she for for our mothers they know nothing about these things you know, it's like it's as this little child that looks for the mother and for whatever reason, whether it's a, a difficulty that's in her life or whether they have to go to a hospital or whether there's been a death in the family of another child, whatever that is, and the mother leaves, there's the break in the bond with the child that's there. So there's all these, they're very subtle, mm. you know, and and we can heal that. And it's it's, you know... It's the essence of this work that I do is about including the excluded. Oh, I love it when you say that. That's just perfect. Yeah. So, you know, all of our suffering, all of our difficulties come from excluding others or excluding events. Or our emotions. Or our emotions. Trying to push them away or trying to exclude them out of future life experiences. 100%. So it's, you know, it's like finding a way to heal that and make that inclusive. Because uh, the essence of us is that nothing within us is separate. You know, that's, that's the coming home. The coming home to us is that nothing, we don't exist at all separate to anything outside of ourselves. There's, a, there's an interconnectedness that's there, you know? Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the, you know, sometimes when you sit in meditation or, or you sit in stillness, you know, there can be like an aversion to even do that because like, we don't want to go towards feeling what is deep inside ourselves, we, you know, to go into that stillness. So there's an aspect inside ourselves deeply that's not integrated, you know. It sort of can be like a separate place. So we work with all of this, you know. I work with this area. Mm. It's deep work, yeah? Yeah, it is. And I really loved your gentle nature. And I've, I'm any work that I do with people, I'm always an advocate that we don't need to go back and dig up past traumas. Sometimes they need Correct. addressing, but they'll pop up in today's life experience. Yeah. We don't need to go back and sort of re-experience them or dig deep into them so we can feel them again or... Re-traumatizing that... is yes. not part of the work. That's you know, right. It's, it's, this is all about seeing. 
Yeah. So actually seeing the truth of what occurred or seeing the truth of that situation. And you'll always notice with, with trauma, a traumatic event, there hasn't been like a completion in a, a gestalt or a completion in the cycle. And so we get halfway round and then we return back to the beginning in this traumatic state. And, you know, to a good facilitator or a, a good therapist will be able to, with compassion, connect deeply with that person so that when that arises, they're not, they're not experiencing that alone. So when some emotion arises or something, it's the actual being there as a resource for that person. It's the last time they have to experience it. You know, it's like if that's going to be a leaving of their body or a leaving, that will be leaving their family system or leaving their system. You know, that it's, it's not about re-traumatizing and trying working it out. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So there's a real freedom in that, you know, with, with something else with systemic work, with systemic constellation, you can, you can constellate anything. It can, it can show up in your life in many different ways. It can be this, that you, no one can keep money. They get money and they lose it, you know, and sometimes this can mean, okay, you know, to belong to my family, I can't have more money than my family. You know, so we have these beliefs. So out of a need to belong, I'll stay poor. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know, it can manifest in so many different ways, you know, a lost child or an aborted child. It's very common with, with you'll see with women in this situation, how the mother, the, some of the choices that mother, mother has to make is, is profound. It's like the love of the mother is unconditional. It doesn't matter what happens, you know, the, and there's all sorts of reasons things happen. But when the child, through the grief, is separate from the mother, difficulties. So it's, again, about including them and putting, putting that child back in the rightful place. Mm. And then mother can also, you know, then you can check in and do some work there. And then all the siblings are in a line, you know. So you have natural order, the need to belong and fair and equal exchange. These are the three areas that we work on in constellation work. And I have to say it's very effective. I was describing yeah. it to a, a girlfriend of mine who understands unity and um, I said to her, you know what, probably when I decided to come into this family, I thought, here I am, pure positive love energy. I can handle this burden. I can do this. I can do that. No worries, man. This is easy. <laughs> yeah. And then you come down into the earth experience, go through some kind of amnesia thing and forget that you're pure positive love energy and experience the world from the perspective of separation. And yeah. suddenly all that becomes impossible to deal with or, yeah. or a lifetime kind of um unraveling absolutely which can be yeah. uh very much sped up with your work yeah yeah i 100 percent agree you know i think that in many ways you know we we leave a we, we sort of lead a life and then and we're resonating on a certain frequency you know and there's a there's along that path we can have moments where we can wake up 
capture the fullness of our potential or wake up to a higher frequency. And depending on what we've got in the karma bank by the end of our life, that's sort of like the frequency that we leave this, this planet, leave this realm. And we go into that bardo of becoming, you know, that up in the, up, up, up in the, that spirit realm. And I, you know, my thoughts around this is that, you know, depending on what that frequency is, that is the family that we are going to attract in the next life with all of our unresolved things and with, you know, with the level of consciousness that we're at. And then the mother and father come together on the planet and then zoom, in comes the baby or in comes us as our, our frequency and we're with that family. So in this lifetime, for our benefit and for the benefit of others and our children, it is so, so important to be working on ourselves and to be freeing our family entanglements so that we can resonate on a high frequency and attract a better better rebirth, if that's what you believe in, you know, it's, or a better better experience in this life, a happier life, you know. Yeah, yeah, less complicated and uh, more uh, united. And, you know, unity doesn't have to, or the experience of unity doesn't have to be sort of a monk-like spiritual experience. It can just be a really happy life full of synchronicity, joyous ease, effortlessness, beautiful music and lovely art, you know. It doesn't... 100%. Mm. 100%. You know, even the monks have to bring the teachings and their awakenings down from the cave, yeah? Yeah. It's like where... Let, let's have a look. If you want to find a good teacher or a good facilitator or therapist, find someone and look at them and see how are they, how's the rubber hitting the road here? You know, what life are they leading? You know, it's all well and good to sit up and, in, in, you know, cross-legged in, the, in a temple somewhere. You know, and that's got its difficulties as well, this community there too. You, can, you can't run away from it, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. But I find in a family, you know, and and really setting my intention to benefit others and be there for others, it can be more challenging, you know, and yeah, and, and there's more opportunity to practice. Yes. You know, not, not being in the, up on the hill. Yes. Yep. Yep. And the temptation to run away and, you know, sort of achieve spiritual enlightenment while, you know, alone to run yeah. away and, and achieve spiritual enlightenment so you're not interrupted by other people. The temptation is great. However, great. The, the leverage of your friends and family around you is great. Also, if you're willing to, for me, I, I use the term micro-commitment. If you're willing yeah. to recommit in micro-moments over and over and over again, that can actually be extraordinarily powerful in a leveraged fantastic. kind of a way yeah absolutely fantastic i think sometimes it can be a running away from uh you know wanting to leave you know yeah you know some if, it, if it's not a safe environment or whatever's happening or or you know you're moving towards another growth opportunity fantastic however you know if there's parts of ourselves that we can sit deeper with or be around family and friends and really practice, you know, then, then we're not running. I think for myself, you know, it's, it's really connecting and what is my intention if I'm 
going to go and go on a three-month retreat, you know what I mean, or a one-month retreat, or, you know, I can be, I can be with my family and, and bring more kindness and patience and generosity and, and you know, do my meditation at, you know, 6 a.m. for 10 minutes. That's okay. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. And in many yeah. instances, it's our family that motivates us to do the work in the first place, you know, to be a better parent or to be a better role model um, yeah. or to enhance a, a loving, the quality of a particular loving relationship that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, look, from, from, from my example, you know, with, with my mum, you know, the one of the most difficult hidden things in my life was the doorway to an, a, an amazing awakening within myself, you know, and then I was able to attract a partner with Katie that, you know, is I'd never even realised that it was possible. I wouldn't, you know, there was nothing in my in my mind or in my being would think that that was actually something that that I could experience in this life. So, you know, it was worth it, you know, and. There's some great teachers that I've had. It's always been about my teachers, the connection with the people that I, you know, that, that I've learned from, you know, that are properly qualified teachers too, by the way, that are, you know, that's not sort of the cornflakes brand sort of thing. So you've got to be pretty, a little bit careful about, you know, where you're getting your guidance from. But I, I can remember another, if we've got time, I can remember there's another little, little thing that I experienced was with a guy from the US named Bill Mannell. And he's a fantastic facilitator over there, and and um, you know, really just seeing that thing of where I know for myself through my father's situations that he's had in his life, how I stepped in and became a father for him because he never had a father, he never knew his biological father. So, and it was just interesting to see that come up in a workshop, you know. It, they, and when they had someone as a representative for my dad, he was down on the floor just standing. And I, they put me on a chair. <laughs> yeah. And I still wasn't high enough. So they put books on and I said, oh, so you're, you're fathering your father. And they said, so who's fathering your kids? Uh-huh. Just, just, and just awakening to that. I thought, wow. You know, so out of love for your dad, I will be there in a way that, you know, I can be there for you that you never had. You know, this is what the child does, you know. Mm. So these little moments, you know, I think from the family systemic constellation work, profound. If you want to actually get insight, it is, it's been by far the greatest tool. And daily, the, my clients I work with, big shifts. You don't need to go back and redo it. Once it's done, it's done. Once you've seen it, it's seen it not like this where you go to a feel well you know a, a conference or something and you get all hyped up you come home and it wears off after four days once you see the truth of what your experience is and once you see the truth of what you're attracting into your life then it changes and you can you can attract something you can you can attract and create the life you want 100 percent without a doubt and what I sort of experienced when we did the work on my family was that I yeah. wouldn't have picked the pattern by myself. Yeah, not in, possible. 
Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was wondering if you would explain, you know, when we did the work with with, uh, the family, my family constellation, we Mm. tapped into uh, the feelings of other family members past and living and um, we could both feel it. But I was just wondering if you would explain to, to our audience, you know, what was going on there in, in your words? Yeah, beautiful. That's a great question. Thank you for that. Yeah, w- so with this work, the way that we access the field of consciousness, as we call it, is we are all connected in this field of consciousness. You know, the it, it's called either this uh, this God, God realm, you know, the nature of God, or it can be the, you know, the emptiness this empty or spirit realm you know it's like this place that we can that we're all connected where we become one we become one you know we and the thing you'll see with with systemic work is is that when you when you set up the field and you access this field of consciousness that i can actually sense into what is happening in your family system and what's going in your family system as well as everyone else within the workshop can also either come in as a representative for a mother or a father or a, a child that's passed or whatever that may be. And this, that's for a workshop. Yeah. And, and we've got access to the information. It's like there's, it's like life wants to heal itself, you know, because nothing's by chance and nothing is separate. Everything is connected. You know, just that we walk around the planet thinking that we are this separate sort of unitary, permanent sort of phenomena. Mm. But when you delve down deeply, you know, this separate self that we cling to, it doesn't exist separate. And it's through that fundamental universal truth that life can heal itself. Life can... the 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 karma or whatever the story is within that family system can come to the surface and both and everyone there can see it. It's not possible to do it yourself because the thing is, is that say for your, in your instance, you know, uh, you're on the soccer field, (laughs) you know, you're, you're part of the game. So you're part of the family system. So it's like, you have to step back and sit up in the grandstand and see what's happening. And that's what you do when you sit next to me, you know, or you sit next to a facilitator or come into a workshop. You get an opportunity to have a, to get insight into the truth of what's happening on your, in your life and change it. It's malleable. There's nothing fixed. Yeah. Nothing is fixed. It's only fixed through our loyalties and through our entanglements. Everything's malleable. Everything's malleable. If we're willing to go there, it does require a willingness on It our does parts. require a willingness. And do you know what? Someone said to me the other day, they said, oh, I'm a, little, I'm a little bit scared. And I said, that's okay. That's okay to be a bit scared. I said, this is safe. It's safe to come here. And they, and they said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit scared that, you know, there'll be, you know, it, it might make things worse. And I said, well, by looking at it, you're not making things worse. It's, it's already there. 
You're already living that experience. What we're doing is seeing what's there and you do it you do it in a safe place where you can see it and let it go. As soon as you see it, it's gone. It loses its power. It's actually much more difficult to live an entire lifetime or lifetimes in a certain pattern of entanglement than what it is to let it go. Uh, because our natural uh, disposition is that of unity. Correct. So it takes it is, energy. It is that of unity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Our natural way of being is, is oneness. Mm. But the thing is we, through this unconscious way, we try to get that out of this need to belong. Mm. But you belong anyway. That's mm. your birthright. <laughs> you know, mm. that's your birthright. You're already... You know, we're already here. I think the word that I use in my everyday language, and, uh, well, let's just sort of talk about that for a second because I was going to say that the word that I use for belong is probably support. Yeah. Um, You know, we are supported in our everyday life. um, From a unity perspective, we're extremely supported and because we're not, alo- uh, we're not alone. Um, yeah. And, but anyway, then, then the thought that popped into my head was that I think one of the confusing things for people starting down this path of discovering their unity is that everyone does use a slightly different language, yet we all mean Correct. the same thing. 100%. And, and uh, there's, no, there's no right or wrong path. There's just that, that, that to be on your path. Mm. You know, that's the key thing is to, you know, to step forward and, and to move into your courage and to, you know, uh, and what you said I think is really important. You know, it's like some of the work that I do in this this field or in this realm is about making sure that whoever is there is resourced. Like you would be just blown away about how many people are walking around this planet isolated and alone. It is just, and that's where the trauma comes. And, you know, the only way trauma exists is in isolation. The only way that guilt exists is in isolation. If you share that with others or if you have a resource with you or support with you, it can't exist. It relies on isolation. So all of the difficulties we have in life, if you remove the isolation, they can't exist. How beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you could switch the word isolation for separation. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, you can imagine a mother standing there, for ex- for example, in guilt and shame over the way that she's talked to her child or whatever, you know, and the child might be a teenager, whatever that is, you know, and there's like this cycle of guilt and lashing out, guilt and lashing out, whatever that is, yeah, and that will continue because the, the mother goes back into the bedroom or goes back into the lounge room or whatever and sits in and goes, oh, there we go again. You know, I've talked to her this way. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that internal talk. Whereas as soon as that mother makes another choice or that person makes another choice to go to the daughter and say, hey, you know, I feel really guilty and really ashamed about the way I've been talking and, you know, and, and what I've been saying, you know, and I, 
I'm guessing that's really hard for you to, to hear when I'm speaking that way. And the daughter might choose many different things depending on, you know, how how much it's been going on or where it's at. But like in my particular situation in my family, it, you know, my girl turned around the other day and said, that's, a, that's okay, Dad. Kids forget about that stuff <sighs> pretty quickly. I said, oh, thanks, sweetheart. So my question now is, where is the guilt in me then? It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore because I've been able to include share it. and include it. Whereas we're walking, it's depression, suicide, all comes, attempted suicide, all these things come from isolated. You have to be isolated. Mm. If, if, you are, if you have separation, perfect. They can exist. Yeah? If you are walking by yourself in life, they can exist. If you have resources, they cannot exist. If you are including the excluded, they no longer will exist. I think it it's might really just clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it might be really valuable time if anyone is listening and they've experienced emotions like this or, or thought about suicide at any time or have had other family members do so. I think it might be really useful if we, if we have a, talk about how that looking at those emotions doesn't need to be scary because beautiful by looking at them um we are recognizing them and including them but we're taking the power out of them I beautiful th- i'm probably just reiterating what you just said but i just thought it was necessary at that moment and so important and um they become powerless the emotions become powerless and the yeah. patterns lose their rigidity and Absolutely. We, we begin to change. You know, one of the things with suicide or attempted suicide of these things too is that it's an experience that occurs in isolation and sometimes you'll find there'll be a, a person in the family or where this is, has happened where that person it's the only way it occurs is that they're carrying something for the family in isolation. Mm. So as soon as that is seen or, or, or brought forward or you get clarity on what that is that that, it's, that that person's carrying for the family system, it no longer is required. And, you know, just for some information, and this is not this is a bit of a generalization but the, in saying that too there has not been a client that i've worked with that that this has not been in place for them yeah so it, it, from a place of suicide or attempted suicide it's always someone following someone to death so whether it be a great great grandfather with war and there was a murder or something right back in the family system or the there's a death of a child or a sibling, a brother that died at birth and you were the one that lived, you know, and then there's this draw to death because it's unresolved. Soon as that soon as we it's it's seen, it's no longer it no longer occurs. I think too, um, if you're willing to 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 talk about this for a little bit, but our yeah. um Thoughts on suicide from a separate point of view, you know, when we're in the pain, when we're in the yeah. powerlessness, when we're in the complete overwhelm and, and total and utter disempowerment, yeah. total, which is also 
complete and utter separation. We've pushed everyone yeah. away, or we we've, we've withdrawn so dramatically yeah. that that um, where we are, we have separated ourselves as much as physically possible. Yeah. We think that the death, the transition across death, will bring us back into unity. That's kind of the the, the illusion, or the even the lie. Yeah. Of, 100%. of separation and 100% and uh, it's 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 a a thought or a belief or a lie that lies right across our western society that, yeah. and it's 100%. absolutely not true you know we can experience yeah. unity whilst we're living in this physical experience you know while we're having a cup of coffee <laughs> 100% and the thing with this work and with with what that what the person is moving towards it's moving towards trying to get unity with the dead brother or the dead grand grandfather or the mother the the dead the person who's passed or even the people from the war which the father you know it's both perpetrator and victim that's in there so it's always a moving towards and trying to get unity with the one that's passed, always. So that related to my family tree. My grandma yeah. lost that brother when he was 13 years old and, um, right. yeah, that, that loss of life got carried down in a burdensome way. Uh, yeah. Well, she, she took what, it. Yeah. I think what you said exactly right. You know, the way you, you mentioned it then is exactly 100%. You know, it's like that, 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 they, that, that we think that going to death is going to bring us union with life, but unconsciously we're trying to get union with the one that's passed. When it's available to us in this current physical living experience, human experience. Bingo. Yeah. Once you see that that's what the what what's actually happening, and once we see that that's what the draw is, you know we can work on on father that's committed suicide or mother that's committed suicide or brother or sister or whatever. You can do work in your family system and open up that system and let that energy neutralize. Because it's sort of like if you can imagine in the family system, if you've got seven generations behind you, that's actually how you exist. So walking around the street, you've got your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, right back seven generations, and all of those experiences live through you. And then we attract our partner and we attract situations in our life. And nothing's by chance. Everything is like this roadmap from the past. So what we can do is we go and find a situation that's not maybe not working for us or something that we want more of in our life, more peace or more ease or whatever that is, and then you can turn and you can go look back into the family system and see where that unresolved thing is. And once you open up the field of consciousness, once you open up that that place of unity where you know, and you work within that common field, life has a way of balancing. And it's just through seeing it, it's like the client or the person that's there is like the portal to their whole family. Well, also too, the field of consciousness is love energy. It's a loving, supportive energy. It's it's always going Beautiful. to heal or 
Correct. or bring more love, shine light on the darkness, whichever way Correct. we'd like to describe that that all-encompassing love and connection, it's never going 100%. to, in your um, work, I just want to reassure the listeners, you know, in your work, well, if yeah. you're delving into perhaps a father that committed suicide, um, it's not going to bring up more trauma because that Correct. field is loving. It's going to heal and repair and support. Yeah, yeah. And you'll, the, the, the messages and the healing and the, the unity and the belonging and the coming back together that occurs through opening that up, the, the trauma just goes. It's, not, it's no longer required. You know, and it's not a it's not a huge, huge difficult process. It's a much, much more difficult process hanging on and clinging on to our entanglements. Yeah. And the unspoken and the secrets and the not never spoken and the never talked about. All of those things is it's it's in the family anyway. It's you know, it's in the you know it gets to the point where it's so far down the family tree that you might get a family that's secretive, they never talk about anything, but they forget why they don't talk about anything you know they're just loyal to the secret so they have no idea what the secret is you know what i mean mm. <laughs> you know and it it doesn't have to be that way you know and and by opening it up and looking at things it's safe you have a reese you have resources with you but you know the whoever the facilitator is there's all vastly different consciousnesses out there but i always make sure that there's care and safety whether I'm doing an individual session or doing a session with in a workshop and you know that there's ease. Yeah. So that last love, that there is ease. There's ease, you know, and love, like exactly what you said, there's, there is this movement towards light. There is this movement towards love. Every time there has never been one, in the thousands of pieces of work that I've done and thousands of or hundreds of workshops I've done where there's been darkness. Never. It's always been this life wanting to come to this beautiful place of resolution. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be difficult in that way, you know, that we think. It's like the reason why we like like to sort of sometimes think or feel it's difficult is because we're clinging on to this sense of this need to belong and you can let go of that and still belong and live your life and choose life and choose more in your life it's there for you you can you can have it it just requires a little focus many micro commitments and, and the understanding of um well, that awakening to the truth of our, our nature, isn't it? Our, our, our unity and connection. Yeah, and to find someone that can hold precious, you know, your journey, like like-minded spiritual friends, you know, that are on the path. And that keeps us out of being, having this sense of isolation. You know, you have other people that are also doing their work. You know, and that you find guides, people that, you know, have been down that path or been down a path where they can also shine a light for you to follow. Mm. You know, someone that, that, that's leading a life that's where they're guarding their ethical conduct 
and guarding their values so that, you know, they're trustworthy. You know, this is not from a place of blind faith, but from a place of actually, you know, seeing how is this person leading, leading their life? You know, what are, what is the work that they're doing? You know, I think this is really very important, you know, and, and to make sure that whatever you're entering into, that it's not like some sort of bunning spiritual, you know, experience that you just pick whatever you want off the shelf, you know, that you're actually looking at a modality that's connected to a long lineage of ethical masters. You know what I mean? So it's like these things can keep us safe on our journey, you know. Yeah, I often talk to people about staying safe on this journey and uh, another sort of easy thing to observe is um, whether the modality gives you independence or whether it makes you reliant on the guru or leader or uh, master or whatever. Very important. I think um, very important. All the honest, uh, safe modalities empower yeah. our own connection to unity, as opposed one hundred percent. There, this and, is crucial. Mm, and there's certainly opportunities. Like you provided me great clarity in the session that we did, uh, but I certainly didn't leave reliant upon you, which I think is nope. really important. Very important. You know, and whether it be a spiritual teacher or a facilitator or a therapist, whatever that is, if they are if they are clear and they're offering something that's like a reflection or that you're looking at something together, then that person is always moving from that place of letting go. You know, that it's just a you know, the the student or the, the client or whatever, they they step out through that gate and they move on with their life. You know, so there's always that aspect of, and I think that's got to be from both sides too, you know. I think that seekers also, there needs to be this place of, I I see that people get themselves into trouble with boundaries around this stuff where that, you know, it's got to be from both sides where there's like a, a, an emotional, not an emotional, an, an emotional cleanliness between the person who's seeking you know, support or help, and also from the from the teacher that they, you know, the teacher is also is guarding their ethics, you know, and they're not looking. It's not a cult thing, you know. So yeah, this is very important. It's good to mention this. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the journey can be quite uh, unexpected, and so it's good to have a, a few sort of things that you know to look out for to keep yourself safe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. So it's just—it's amazing, huh? What an amazing opportunity to be here and talk about this, these things, you know? Yeah. I really appreciate that from you. Thank you so much for making making this, um, you know, this time available to be able to speak about these things, you know. Oh well, thank you for joining me in such a beautiful conversation. You know, the purpose of the podcast is to provide that support for people as they tra- traverse this unexpected journey um, of finding unity through physical experience. And um, it's just really nice to, to have these conversations with such a wide range of people who can, you know, help reassure us that love is real, that we, that we are connected, that we're always supported even when we don't know it. 
and yeah. that it's actually not that hard to find, but it does take willingness and commitment. And you use the word courage. That's probably, I probably use willingness and commitment. Um, yeah. But it it's an unexpected journey, but doesn't need, necessarily need to be painful. Um, everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's different, you know, and, and sometimes an awakening can be seen as being a little bit scary because, you know, the ego drops away, but it doesn't have to be that way when you're connected with your intention, you know. Like I find for myself something that may also be really helpful is that, you know, daily I have a, a practice where I set my intention when I get up so that it's less about me being caught in my own thoughts and being caught in believing those thoughts. And it's more about setting my intention daily that my actions and my practice will be there to benefit others. So as much as I can, my awakening or, or my waking up to, the, to a, a greater life for myself is so that I can benefit others. You know, this is, for me, that's that works. So it may or may not be helpful for you, but it's, I find it really great because it stops me sort of worrying about myself so much, you know. <laughs> mm. One of my great uh, guides, shall we use that term, you know, a, a person who had a huge influence over my awakening used yeah. to describe that very thing as remembering that by helping others, I'm really just helping myself because we are all one. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. You know, we all have teachers, my, like my teachers, the, you know, the, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, Eckhart Tolle, you know, there's many different, and there's, you know, there's all sorts, there's, you know, Christ, there's, you know, there's, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we're all talking about the same thing and, you know, if it's about, if it's, religion or not religion ultimately religion is is really focused on you know kindness the essence of it is about kindness you know it gets a bit twisted on the fringes of things but you know <laughs> the the loving kindness to others you know yes. so, and that's universal yeah and it it comes from that knowing that that oneness that yeah. unity once we come from that perspective of unity, kindness and compassion are the only option. Correct. It's not like we're limited for options, but it's the only way to express and remain in unity, I guess. Yeah, 100%. That is, that is the moving forward. You know, like in many ways, we're just either recreating our past or we're creating our future. And when we're creating our future... In, this, in that unity or in love, then it is going to be for the benefit of others. It's just like that is the natural progression, you know. Mm. Well, you've yeah. provided me some great reminders. Uh, my habit of setting my intention first thing in the morning, I didn't realise that it had slipped, but now that you have talked about it, I thought, ooh, <laughs> thank you very yeah. much for making I, me realise that that, very good habit had slipped somehow. You're very welcome. Yeah, um, I, I, I also forget this. <laughs> 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 I 
in my humanness, I always forget this. But hey, you know, it's in the remembering, isn't it? You know, yes. like, that's where the joy is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we've covered lots of deep things and we've had a very um, interesting conversation. I do hope our listeners enjoy it. Should they wish to follow up and do your participate in your wonderful work, either one-on-one or in a workshop providing the situation, can you can run workshops, but uh, discoveringinsight.com.au is Rob's yeah. website. Look for Rob Foster. Uh, I will have all the links uh, to Rob's website and so on on the show notes page for this podcast and the show notes page will be at livetruetoyou.com and I'll also link you through on my social medias which are at livetruetoyouwithheart both on Instagram and Facebook. So you shouldn't shouldn't be too hard to find Rob. Just remember Rob Foster... At discovering insight, Helen, that's so so kind of you. Thanks so much, and it's just been a pleasure today. And I and I really, you know, I'm really so deeply grateful that you offer this into the community. I think that there's, you know, just it's just a blessing, you know, to know that we're all connected and that no one's alone on this path, you know. So thank you. My pleasure, my pleasure. These podcasts bring me great joy, so it's very easy to to do them. Yeah. Well, and with that, until the next episode of More Love, you remember you're well supported and uh, there's lots of resources here for you and you're never alone. So thank you, Rob, and we'll sign off for now. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.